thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity to be here. It is a big blessing to be here and we look forward to meeting you in person and I hope you join us again and we hope to continue and God will be with us and God will be working in your world. So we pray that this conversation will be into your world and it's going deeper than that. Let's turn to Second Timothy, chapter two, verse twenty-three. But in the third house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of the wood and the clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone counts himself in the light, he will be tested for honor, sanctified and useful for the master. Prepare for every good work. Flee also youthful lust, and pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Now, as you know, uh, last Sunday, uh, not this Sunday, last Sunday, before the last Sunday, uh, I had given a message on how to prepare.
Then when you come to the third group, you come to the 
So, now that quick is, it's the 
So you can see the knowledge space is, is good science, powerful science. So how do you know now today in the Old Testament you have powerful stuff, in the New Testament also powerful stuff. Now in the Old Testament the house of God was built by stones and wood. But now it's different. The church of living God, not only church, and also the church of living God, where you find the presence of God so real and so living. And not only that, you find that the church will serve as the pillar uh, and ground of the truth. So when you come to the church, you see the truth. And, uh, and the pillar and the ground of the truth. So that means the truth, truth is built upon it, and truth, truth also the, like a superstructure, pillar, the support upon it. So that's supposed to be the normal condition of the church when it is together. So that's the first condition. Then Paul continues to say, to Paul, when the church is right constructed, so actually the church is supposed to be right constructed. So that's why I talk about the mystery of sacrament. And God was manifest in the flesh. Now everybody knows that the church is the word. Our Lord who became the flesh. The word became the flesh. But if you read on, you discover something very interesting. The way you describe the head, also the way you describe the body. So when church is in normal condition, people ought to see the head. People ought to see Christ in the church. So that's the right condition. It's good condition. See? So that's the first condition. But then when you come to the second condition, something happens. Now Paul did not talk about the house of God, church of the living God, the pillar of the ground of the truth. Because after seven years, somehow the church has not for good, not for better, actually for worse. How do you know? Because now the church become a great house. See? And on, on the one hand, the church has great house. Like today's Neverton, which is a great house. So many people. When you have more than 2,000 people, you call it a church. So young people like the church, like a church because really there, the music, everything, you know, really attracts young people. So when you have a great house, great house, now you know that you're happy because you know that you feel uh, you feel something great. So that's why uh, that, that's why is a, a great house. So whether it is good for the church become a great house, see, now that's a good church. Today, of course, we admire something great, something meta. And uh, but then, actually, from the word of God, from the church of living God, from the pillar of ground of the truth, that's a reality. But if we are not careful, our flesh will make the church great. So especially young people, you know, young people are able to influence the, the direction of the whole church. And then, finally, you discover the church become a great house. So, strictly speaking, now, if you really know the heart of Christ, you can understand his heart. 
you know, from just from the third seventy six question to only two years. But as a kid from trying to save something. Otherly speaking, more attractive. Otherly speaking, more logical. And it really caters to the flesh. It really a pagan thing. It's unacceptable for you to see so many young people, so many people gathered together for the reason to come to save something. Now, nothing wrong with the church. Nothing wrong with the church. For example, in the beginning, we know the church in, uh, in Jerusalem had 3,000 people. 5,000 years after that, we in Satan's church, as you said, 8,000. Secondly, it's a charismatic church. So, something great is not going to be happening. But the important thing is the, the content or the, the, the content of that church. So, now the sad story is this. In Great House, there are not only vessels of gold and silver. Think about it. It is, it, it is the church of Christ. It is the church of the living God. Now, all the vessels ought to be of gold and silver. See? So, when you have something great, then it's some mixture. Now, theoretically speaking, the church ought to be filled with vessels of gold and silver. But now it's different. But also of wood and clay. So, now the important thing is, after the church become a great house. Now, on the one hand, something great, something exciting. But on the other hand, something mixed. Now, you have a good thing. You have a vessel of gold and silver, but at the same time, you have the vessel of wood and clay. Now, you know that Paul tried to encourage Timothy. You have to encourage young people. Why? Because he feels that flee also youthful lust. So that means Timothy himself was a young man. And Paul was about to finish his course, about to run his race, about to accomplish the will of God. But now Timothy ought to continue in that course. So on the one hand, Paul encouraged Timothy. On the other hand, now for the church become a great house, so Timothy ought to be educated. See? Now, the important thing is this. That's why flee also youthful lust. So in the church, how to go on the responsibility is easy. Definitely is upon the shoulder of the young people. So that's why Second Timothy, not only for Timothy, also for the young people of so definitely this message is dangerous. So now before we come to this conference, the coming conference, hopefully every one of you can think, oh yeah, yes, when you come, when you see 130 people or 150 people come together, you will be very excited and you know the Lord will be so graceful, gracious, so merciful, the Lord will really give you a chance to serve them. That's a wonderful thing. But don't forget, in reality, you find that some vessels are of gold and silver. And some of them through wood and clay. So now the calling is this. We ought to become, we will be a vessel of honor. So that's the calling of the open house. 
that's a calling for the young people. So these young people, not only young, if you are young, you may be the uh, vessel of gold and silver, but at the same time also can be the wood and clay. So how are we are going to prepare ourselves to become a vessel for honor? So not only a vessel for honor, how to know what, how to declare a vessel for honor? Sanctify means what? Means you are separated. For example, there are many vessels in a palace, many cups, but only one cup used by the king, the king, is called royal. That cup has to be separated. You know, can separate any other, other, uh, other cup. Now, if the royal, the word royal apply, royal cup, if apply to the. To, to the king, to the palace. The same thing. Because God is the king of kings. So, now we are the vessel to his palace. Now we will be separate only for his use. That cup only for all men. Now, if you apply to a king, you said it's a royal cup. If you apply to God himself, it's a sanctified cup. So, a vessel for honor actually is a sanctified cup. In another word, no world can separate me because I already separate myself. I will not allow the world to pollute myself, to pollute this vessel. So that's why it's a sanctified cup. And why we ought to be sanctified and fit for the use or useful so young people not only should live a holy lifestyle. Remember, not everyone, not every vessel has its use or is ought to be fit for the master use. So after being sanctified, we ought to be useful for the master. Then prepare for every good work. Now this work definitely based on the gospel. Then you know that what the gospel is is some important uh, important work. Now, with this understanding, you are able to appreciate the work of the Lord. So, you know, now as you know Book of Ezra and Nehemiah, you know how Ezra came back from Babylon to Jerusalem and want to rebuild the house and also want to rebuild the, the, the not only uh, rebuild the house but before that, have to rebuild the altar. And, but anyway, the emphasis in the book of Ezra is rebuild, is rebuilding of the house of God. Think about it. Formerly, the house of God was in ruin. And now because these young people came back, not only first generation, also second generation. The first six chapters about the first generation of Babylon. Now, starting from chapter 7, you find that Ezra came back as the younger generation. So that means he's a little tired. Now definitely, you know, God has to prepare younger generation for his coming. So that's definitely, you know, that's why the whole book can be divided in two parts. The first part, now these people came back for, to Jerusalem under the leadership of Zerubbabel and Joshua. These are old generation. They have seen the house of but then, in starting from chapter 7, you have younger generation. 
They have to come back. Why? Because think about it. They're older folks and ent- it's about to enter into their winter time. Just like Paul in his so for that reason, you see, in this passage, you find that God already, God really wants to do something. So I think this is very interesting. You know, these young people came back, especially younger generation. They want to do something. Well, first, of course, definitely they want to rebuild the town. But the mission of uh, um, of uh, of uh, of uh, Ezra is something more because when he come back there's a temple already so what he going to do what can he do more than already something already built so now let me just mention one thing more when we talk about house of God it means the temple when we talk about the, uh, the temple of God when we talk about the city of God or Jerusalem we talk about the temple because of the presence of God then ultimately we definitely will have our temple. So that's why when we read the Nehemiah, book of Nehemiah, talk about city wall that speaks of, of what? It speaks of outward temple. But the important thing is that you have to start with what? Start with uh, the Ezra. Because now remember, uh, formerly the temple was in ruins. Altar was in ruins. It was rebuilt from the scratch. But then, when you have a younger generation like Ezra, what he was he doing? He was doing two things. If you read it carefully, first, he tried to beautify the city. Now the house has been built, but some are also been built. Second, now not only try to build the hardware, you also build the temple. So that's why in the uh, in uh, you remember in Ezra how God entrusted. Bible scholar, and according to translation, most likely the 39 books of the Old Testament compiled into one from uh, Genesis to Malachi. And um, so, Ezra is supposed to be the greatest rabbi or scribe in the Old Testament. So, now you can see how God was able to raise their respect after that, really, the, uh, the respect. Now, something is very interesting here. Think about it. For Zerubbabel, there was a reason for them to come back to Jerusalem. Because think about it. They were brought up in Jerusalem. And now, uh, the, the, the blood just restricted them coming back. No matter what, even they enjoy a wonderful life in Babylon, but they still miss their home. You see, whenever they think of a Zion, they cannot think of they can only put their heart on Jerusalem. That's all they can do. Because they really miss their home. So finally, they come back. And why they wept when they tried to build the house of God? Because they discovered their house of God, even if we build, is no longer their house of God. Like, uh, like that in the time of Paul. Yes, that was belong. That you, 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 you always remember the former glory. So for the old folks, you can imagine, you know, so many emotions involved when they were building the house. So if you start reading the whole book, you find very interesting. The first generation, they really come back. 
you know, they really want to see the whole thing uh, rebuilt from from the from the beginning. So, in another word, now because they were trapped in this box Babylon, so the testimony is really no more present to them. You see, it's just like the from a birth from a Jesus testimony. So, what are you going to do? You need some young people like Ezra and also Nehemiah to come back to Jerusalem, rebuild the temple, and furthermore, to build the tabernacle. So if we talk about building of the temple to bring in the presence of God, but don't forget, the church ought to grow. When the church is grow, then it really can be beautiful. That's why in the Old Testament, the New Testament called the church glorious. Now how church can be glorious? Only when the church is filled with the power, more mature. So now you can imagine that if we ought to wait for younger generation to beautify in other words, to make the church complete. So important thing, brothers, you are not supposed to be the burden to drag the whole church down to the world. No, you are supposed to be the force to lift up, to lift the whole church from Babylon all the way back to Jerusalem. So Jerusalem always wants to see the eternal world. So now you can imagine, brothers and sisters, when Ezra, when he was born, Remember, he was born in Babylon. He never saw Jerusalem. Just like you. You know, when you were born, you know that the church already belongs to God. Today, some people say, I'm not Christian. Today, some people say, I'm not Christian. I'm not Paul. I'm of Jesus. Think about it. We are, we are divided. So if, brothers and sisters, if we, if, if, remember, if the Lord really have made this house, the body to be holy and acceptable. But now you are not responsible for the division because you were born too late. The division was because of the church leaders, many things. So you have nothing to do with it. You were born into that situation. You were born into a situation of confusion. Now Babylon in Hebrew means confusion. So remember, you come back to Jerusalem. It means that you come back to the confusion in the today's condition. Now today, when the church becomes a great house, we ought to come back. You see, we ought to come back from there because in Babylon, you have the battle for honor like, a, like a, uh, Ezra and also Nehemiah. You also have the battle of steward and slave. They never come back. They send their money back. They, they, they don't care for money. Like, just like many people in, in New York, they are busy in their business. They say, okay, we are hard in poor Israel. We will, we, 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 we will send all everything but ourselves. We, if you want money, we send money. So, brothers and sisters, now it is a battle, but compared with those battles who come back to Jerusalem, they are the pressure of wood and stone. So the same thing, brothers and sisters, today, when you were born, when you were born, the whole church already belongs to 2,000 years of history, divisions after divisions. So you have to remember today, now, we are in a situation of battle. And remember, in Babylon, everywhere you have idols. What is idol? Anything or any person will take the place of God, that's an idol. Very clear. You see, that, 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 that's an idol. 
So you see, brothers and sisters, now today, it really is saying Christ is the head of the church. Now, brothers, no one dared to say, I'm not Christ. Or no one dared to say, I'm not because somehow, some people say that, you know, I like, I enjoy the mass that is given by Christ. He's so analytic. He's so scholarly. And some people say, no, 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 I like charisma of Peter. Because Peter is very charismatic. You know, even he did not uh, uh, do everything analytically well, but he's very emotional. He will touch your heart. He might just touch your mind. So everybody, you know, they, they have their own idols. And not only that, not only, not only the servant of God can become idol, even the king, the king of kings. Some people say, look, now we receive the, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now because then I'm going to speak in tongues, and then you will make the speaking in tongues as if we appeared in the church. So in this way, the church is divided. So you can see that all this division and confusion all come from what? From idol worship. So if we really recognize Christ is the head, then you know, all the other heads are different. Now, brothers and sisters, do you dare to receive the Spirit? So if you really come back from, uh, from baptism, you have to turn the tables. You have to see the whole situation. You have to come back to Jesus. You have to come back to the house of God, which is the church of the living God. And uh, the pillar and the ground of the truth. So, now this way is with what? Is with honor. Is with the honor. Uh, it is with uh, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So for that reason, brothers and sisters, now you discover something very important. When you read your book of Acts, the first thing ought to recover is not the temple, not the temple, nor the altar. Of course, if you read the, the order clearly, first they rebuild the altar, which is desecration. Then the the, the, the the house. There is no if there is no consecration, there is no house being built. Impossible. It's only a theory for that. So before we build the second temple, before we bring back to the original, if you if you live in the first century, if you live in the day of Pentecost. Now you receive Jerusalem. You know what is Jerusalem now. But now you are in Babylon. Everything is confusing. You see? Now everything becomes normal now. And the church ought to have a cross. Now that's normal. If the church building does not have a cross, that's actually abnormal. You see what I mean? So because after so long, now gradually in your mind, what is church? Church is a building. See, so that's why you always say, oh, I forgot my umbrella in the church. Now think about it. If the church is a Babylon, it's impossible for you to leave your umbrella in the church. I know some doctors, they leave the fever in your body. <laughs> that I know. But, that, but it's impossible today. How could you leave your umbrella in the church? So that's a wrong concept. Even old folks, they always say, oh, let's go to the church. I, but brothers, as young people, you have to make that correction. We always come to the church. You see? The, but don't forget, the church is the living, is the church of the living God. So it is not a pile of stones anywhere. So that's, if you, now you know that how much we are far, far from Jesus. 
So by this way, you also apply the proper music. You see, we you are just like uh, Ezra, who now uh, who uh, who somehow you 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 live in this world, and uh, you are in Babylon now in in today's situation, everything changes. So now you have to go back to the Bible and to ask. Now, is this is this the uh, pattern according to the the monks? Is this the heavenly pattern? Is this the New Testament way of the truth? You see, brother, sister. So for that reason, now we were told that Ezra is well equipped to carry himself in what in uh, even in Babylon, even he did not see the the uh, the Jerusalem. So just like you live through, you were born too late. You were born in 21st century or 20, 21st century. Now you didn't see much of what happened in the first place. But fortunately, the book of Acts will tell us what happened. And uh, according, to, according to the epistle, you know what happened. So now you see, brothers and sisters, when we talk about coming back to Jerusalem, to involve with the rebuild of the Parthenon is a good work. That is what? That is a good work. But you have to prepare for that. Now, yes, you have to bring the presence of God back. Yes. And you have to remember, now, remember the, uh, the, the presence of God also upon your children. That's true. But before that, before the, re uh, before the recovery of the wall, before the re rebuilding of the temple, we were told that they ought to rebuild the altar. So these are all good order. You see, if you read your Bible well, correctly, but if you come to the first time, and something was stuck, why? Because when you talk about these people were called back to Jerusalem, the first thing to be recovered, neither the temple nor the altar for the backwards in the first place. So we were told that all the vessels ought to be in that. So for that reason, if you remember, if you read Ezra chapter 1, I just re remind you, uh, uh, for example, Ezra chapter 1, verse 7, King Cyrus also brought out the vessels of the house of God. Think about it. Now, why in this book, before mentioning the altar and the temple, these are all good, good works, but you have to prepare for the good work. So how are you going to do it? This vessel ought to be in Jerusalem, no longer in Babylon. So, brother, it's a very it's your choice whether you would like to remain in Babylon or your vessel ought to be carried in Jerusalem. So that's your decision. That's your choice. You see? So that's the first message given in this book. And Cyrus also brought out the vessels of the house of the Lord and finally, this will be returned to Jerusalem. So we were told that all the vessels of gold and silver were the thousand or five thousand four hundred. Every one of them ought to be returned to Jerusalem. So think about it. If you want to do the work of recovery and yet you remain in the world, definitely we know Babylon referred to the today's world. So, if you want to involve with good work, you have to separate yourself. You have to decide where you are going to put your vessel. 
Yes, you say I'm good guy, gold vessel, uh, gold vessel, or generator. But important thing is that if you really want to evolve with good works, if you really, uh, if you really mean business for the Lord, then where, what are you going to do? Definitely, the first thing is to this vessel ought to be saved. Now, if you read the book of uh, Daniel, you know uh, you uh, you know very well the story. You know the last man of the empire of Babylon. Remember, according to the Bible, uh, Daniel saw a giant golden head, silver vest, bronze belly, and uh, iron leg, and that represents the prophecy of four kingdoms to come. First, the gold is Babylonian kingdom, and then silver, you have uh, silver, okay, you have two stages, right? And uh, according to history, you not only first year, you also have new stage. Now, if there is southern uh, Iran, it's silver. Northern Iran is new. So, you can see these are two stages. And that's Persian Empire. Then, uh, then bronze belly, which which uh, typify, which tell us the, uh, the empire of the Jews. For example, Alexander Great, when he got, went out to to uh, to, uh, uh, to war, and you find that the shield all made of what? All made of uh, uh, copper. But then, when you come to Roman Empire, all the shields become of iron. So according to the Bible, gold, silver. So now you imagine, you can imagine, the night, the last night of the uh, empire of Babylonia. That means the night will have a drastic change. The people in Babylon, when you wake up next morning, they should touch it. The world changed its color from gold to silver. So in Daniel's time, it records what happened in Babylon. And we were told that the emperor has a national state banquet or the state banquet. He has invited 1,000 people to join the banquet. And according to Jeremiah, they never realized when they got drunk that evening, they were never saved. Yes, they will get drunk, but the important thing is that if you want to make a heaven out of that evening. If you want to remember that the most glorious night in the history of Babylonian Empire, you ought to drink without drink. You, you, know, you ought to drink something, you know. And then, but now, important thing is that if you want to really make things show uh, the uh, karma, you, you have bring things to the karma. And then you know, at Daniel 5, you, you remember the king let us bring the golden and the silver vessel from the from the, the presence. And then we were told that they, they really brought the vessel which supposed to be in the first place. And they drink the wine and they give the praise to the idol. And they never realized that the last night of the empire of Babylon. And next day, Wake up and realize it's from gold 
that's how it happened, brother. So now you know if you stay in Babylon, that if you are Satan. So remember, brother, this world wants unity. If the world wants to bring everything to peace, that's when you want to pick up the weapon that you have. That war and their world has great enhancement to the to, to, to the world. So Satan or the the God of this world is waiting for this moment when all this gold and silver vessel will be used to enhance of the, his kingdom. So brother, it is true. Sometimes the world wants that best man will be good. I remember one day there was a meeting of Christian, of British Christians, especially uh, engineer and scientists. He said, I'm sorry for you, Francis. If you want to be used by the Lord, from now on, you never imagine you will become the first class, first rate scientist. You can only become second rate. You can never become first rate engineer. You can only become second rate. The reason is not the world wants you to become first rate, but you do not have the time. You do not be want to be used by the Lord. But for the sake of the kingdom of God, you become the best golden So, brothers and sisters, I know if you love the world, the world will welcome you. And they remember they use you to bring everything. They never know this world is doing The Lord definitely will come back and will judge Show, brother, sister, this message is so true. If you link this, link with you, the first, uh, first uh, uh, Timothy in Jerusalem and second Timothy already in Babylon. So what is the Lord? The solution is the Lord has to raise the vessel like Nehemiah and Ezra to be the vessel of God. So I think that's very important, brothers and sisters. Remember, remember that. Now, the third thing, if you really come for this conference, if you want to help other young people to, under, to go to, to understand this book, not just for our mental exercise, remember there's something to do with this book. I pray that this conference will mark a great change in your life. From now on, you will say, that's my choice. You see, the world cannot determine my destiny. I make my own choices. I refuse, I refuse to be used by the Lord. I'm willing to come back and judge. That's very brother sister. Now, whether this conference will be successful or not, it does not depend on how much you prepare for the conference. It depends on whether the Holy Spirit will use this conference. Whether this conference will have eternal value for your book. So, I don't know what the Lord is going to do. Let's pray. For a great revival, let's pray that if just some of you are willing to be like uh, Ezra or Nehemiah in your choice, yes, you are not responsible but you have to understand, you would like to come back to Jerusalem. How do you know? How do you know Jerusalem? How 
do you know Jesus? Just like how, as a new Jesus, in the time of Jesus, in the time of Advent, remember that will really, really mark a big change of the history of Israel. Now, formerly, before the captivity, the Israelites were the best farmers in the world. But after they are being back, being captured into Babylon, they become thirsty for peace. So they learn all the techniques. They learn international banking. Remember, if you trace the history of international banking, you have to trace back all the way to Babylon. So that really provides the best opportunity for young people to contact, you know, to contact uh, the, 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 that world. Remember, that world was built by Babylon. So that's what Babylon means to Jews. And now after people being captured Babylon, now Babylonian Empire knew them very well. Why? Think about it. If you want to do business, you have to get some people who are intellectual. But normally people, they are illiterate. But only Jewish people, they are not illiterate. Why? Because they study the Bible. They study Old Testament. So they are well educated. They learn. They, they know how to read. So think about it. If you want to do business, now, if you have a local Babylonian and also these visitors from outside, from um, these, these really intellectual, of course you use them. So think about it. The world, the Babylonian, Babylon really welcome these young people, welcome these people there. Now, if you know, uh, if you know the Bible, if you know how to read, then you know how to do business. And they really, they pick up very quickly, you know, gradually they learn all the techniques. So gradually they become the first, first-rate businessmen. From that time on, they went to London, they come to New York, they come spread all over the world. If you know the history very well, they have built an invisible empire, financial empire. Now today, if you visit, if you visit downtown, south of Wall Street, you can see the financial district. Now, if you know the history very well, you know what is dominant factor? It is because once Israel has been captured in Babylon. So think about it. For young people, there's no reason for you to come back to Jerusalem. It's impossible. That means if you are go, you are driving your car backwards. Think about it. If this is the Jerusalem, definitely is your future. No doubt about that. So think about it. If the Jerusalem, no, sorry, uh, Babylon. If Babylon is your future. And also, you were born in Babylon, you have no idea what happened to Jerusalem. Why do you have to go back to Jerusalem? Makes no sense. So you see, brother and sister, on the one hand, the attraction of the world. On the other hand, you need some revelation to know something about Jerusalem for you, for, for you to be created a hunger to go back. That's very important. So now let me ask you, where where the, uh, uh, Ezra got that from. You need information for you to have revelation. Right? And then you say, okay, I want to go back because you are against the Christ. People are going to Babylon, always going there to the whole world, to conquer the whole world. Jewish people today, they don't worship idols, but they worship mammon. And what is mammon? So you see, my brother and sister, this is very important. This, this book is so precious. 
Now today, if you are thinking of your future, your future is in the Lord. No doubt about that. That's certain. Now, for these people, those people, they are lost. They must be honest. If they are honest, if they are intellectual, now, of course you want music for them. Christians definitely will be welcome if they are really honest, if they really have a good testimony. Of course, they, 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 they will be promoted. They will use them quite well. So you see, brothers and sisters, if you want to be used by the world, you have all the opportunity. You will be definitely most successful in the world, in that world. So in order for Ezra and Nehemiah, who has a heart, back to the Lord, to do something, to involve with the good work, God has to turn something in the world. So what did God do? do? So let's read uh, Ezra chapter 7, verse 6. Very simple. Down there you were able to know uh, what God was doing with Ezra, chapter 7. This Ezra, now, let's say Ezra was the author, see? He said, this Ezra came up from Babylon, and he was a true scribe in the law of the Lord. In other words, he was well-versed in the word of God, which the Lord God of Israel had given him. The king granted him all his requests according to the hand of the Lord, his God, upon now, if you read the book of Ezra, and one phrase always appears, the hand of the Lord. You see? The hand of the Lord. And who recognized the hand of the Lord? Ezra. Now, when he recognized the hand of the Lord, what is the, uh, what is the, the result? Ezra. So, Ezra was a man of God. He considered all the environment the hand of you see, brothers, for that reason, don't complain before your parents are blessed in the neighborhood. So don't complain, brothers and sisters. You see? Because you see the hand of God in your parents, your sister, your brother, the same thing. So don't, don't make all the confusion. If you really know the hand of God, you, 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 you see, you pray and you recognize the hand. So that's the first thing. We know God equipped Ezra while he was in Babylon. He's a man of God. He recognized, he knows God. He knows the hand of God. So that's the first thing. Second, he was well versed. He was a true skilled scribe. Not only scribe. You know, some people are scribes. They, they, they know the Bible, but not skilled. They're not skilled. You need someone who's skilled. And so that means he not only applied the heart to it and also to get acquainted with the book, he becomes so skilled. You see, skillful. He has a working knowledge. He's not just mental knowledge. Today, when we talk about the Bible, only mental knowledge. But he know, he know everything from Genesis to, to Malachi. He knew it. He knew it very well. So what does that mean? He definitely applied the heart to it. So strictly speaking, we will say Ezra was a man of prayer, and also Ezra was a man with the word. These are two things. So that, again, ought to be our experience. Our experience. 
on one hand, we are men of faith, and we always recognize that we are men of faith. And secondly, we ought to be very careful with the word. Now, how can we become careful? Paul said, you have to let the word of God, Christ, dwell in your words. In all kinds of words. Anyway, if you are very good in your memory, you try to memorize some books, you know, by heart. Uh, or you are very good in reasoning power, so probably you can read it several times so you can uh, get a fast way to get a clean uh, of the whole thing. So anyway, it takes time. Anyway, you have to apply your heart. So remember, uh, there is no free lesson. After you, you apply your heart, you have to work hard to reach something. So... These are the so then we come to chapter nine and ten, uh, uh, verse nine and ten. Okay. Uh, on the first day of first month, we began his journey from Babylon, and on the first day of the fifth month, he came to Jerusalem. Think about it. Bible never talks about the pillar of Babylon or the pillar of Babylon. When the people of God they left Egypt, enter into the land, you find that there is something in the world that we can learn from. There is the Ezra message of Christ to come. You don't find something uh, from that book. Nothing. And it takes five months to reach Jerusalem. Then, according to the good hand of his God upon them. See? Now you can see good hand of God upon them. And then, for Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the Lord of hosts. So, brother and sister, that's the secret to knowing God. First, you have to set your heart. You make the decision to seek the Lord of hosts. So, brother, you have to seek. You do. You have to do the research. So easy to search the scripture, so you know that there is a life, eternal life. That's what the Lord said to Pharisees. Now, Pharisees famous of doing strictly the law of God. So, by this way, we know that now, when Babylon, when Ezra came into Jerusalem, as he described it, as a fraudulent heart, he knows by heart. Now, remember, brother and sister, to become Bible scholar is one thing, to have revelation is another thing. Because only through that book. We know everything about God's word related to So, brother, even if you never saw Jerusalem, your heart Even if you do not know what happened to the church in the first century, but your heart Now, brother, so you are you want to shy away from everything Babylonian, everything Persian, everything belongs to this culture. You want to come back to the Lord. So, brother, you never saw it. You didn't hear it. But if you look for the Bible, search for the Bible, you always say, I heard that. Now, are we gathering this way is a connection to God. Or the way we act, the way we dress, is really according to the Bible. Can you really seek the Lord? So, if you really seek the Lord, then the Lord will reveal to you. And then Jerusalem will become 
have not been baptized. The death of Moshe, that's what you have to make a sacrifice, right? That you have to bring it back to the world. Now the world is going to use you, but God also wants to use you. Has a negative determination. Now you come back. So Samuel, because he was right with God, so he was able to beautify the house. If you translate into New Testament language, to make it spiritual material. Then he comes without blemish and without, uh, you know, all these things and uh, un- uh, 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 wrinkles, and it becomes well. Be- well, now, now what you're going to have is going to have a spiritual glory. So the same thing. So today, if you come back to this, and this conference is very important. Because you want to uplift the whole church to even higher level in Christ. Now, brothers and sisters, if you really know the Bible, if you really see the Word of God, now you'll become very important factor in the building up of the body of Christ. So that's definitely is very, very important. Important thing is this. Are you ready? Have you been prepared for this? But it's all right. If you never did that, it's a good thing. And hopefully, because of this conference, you know, at least you will be awakened. Know that what you're going to do. And then, by this way, you set your goal for your whole life. Unfortunately, the young people, they do not know their goal. They only run wherever the money is. You know, and, uh, and they just follow the crowd, follow the crowd. They do not have their own idea. So if you are gripped by the vision from the Lord, now you know exactly what you are doing. So brothers, then after the conference, not only a group of young people, good people, but good children coming back, morally fit, and being sacrificed, but everyone is in their right place. So by this way, the church, house of God, will be beautiful. And more than that, you know, how... Ezra enriched the people of God at that time. If you read Nehemiah, you know how enriched they have been reading the book everybody walking and doing such a great work by God. So thank the Lord. This is the honor. <coughs> this is the battle. So now you know how to prepare yourself. First, you have to come back to church. Second, you have to recognize all your environment You know, they, uh, it, whenever anything happened, you know, Ezra couldn't do anything. You don't see their pillar of fire anymore. You don't see their dramatic experience anymore. But that's still small voice to lead us on. And at the same time, you are uh, good. And it's a, it, 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 that means you have prepared your heart to preach the word of God. Now, that's not enough. Before I conclude this message, I'd like to make another point. Because that's the reason I asked you to read the Apostle Paul, at least one, uh, at least one or three, two, at least to ten chapters of Esther, which you know the story well. Now, according to my habit, I always ask you some questions, but uh, I don't want to go out there you are to the road. So I won't do anything tonight, but I just, because you know very well, or even you know the story well. So now I'd like to borrow that story to tell us this particular story. 
and we have to understand the story. So we have to go back to uh, by Book of Moses in Deseret. Now, who who were the Amalekites? The Amalekites were the first enemy, the people of Israel, first enemy Israel in the wilderness, and uh, they hit them or they attacked them from the front, but they were not ready. So the Bible said, now God make the decision. He will fight with Malachites generation after generation. Right? Now think about it. If God said, I will wipe out, I will attack, I will be enemy with Malachi for generation after generation. Let me ask you today, where is Amalekites? Amalekites never disappeared. But then what God said, I'm still the enemy of Amalekites. So that means Amalekites must mistake, must mean something, must represent some spiritual, uh, it must be, it must uh, mean something spiritual. Alright, so if you can read New Testament, you know what it is. The Holy Spirit always fight the body of Christ. So even today, Amalekites is not there, but flesh still in you and in me. So Amalekite in the Bible is referred to as Amalekite. Now, you never kind with your flesh. If you are kind with your, to your flesh, then you are cruel to the Spirit. So for that reason, you know, God made the decision. He wants to wipe out all the Amalekites from generation after generation. So when Saul became a king, God wanted him to wipe out all the Amalekites. So, brother, when you deal with your flesh, never have enemy spirit. So, if you really share your flesh, remember one thing. From that behavior will produce Haman. And what Haman will do? Haman will wipe out all the So if you share your flesh, you nourish your flesh, you promote your flesh, brother and sister, sooner or later, you discover not only you will lose your temper, not only uh, you, you know uh, you will lose your testimony, but sooner or later you will discover the testimony of God will be So my brother and sister, this is a very important lesson. When you come to this uh, book of Acts. Now, if you know the descendant of Amalekite, Haman, so now you know. Now, Haman represents our flesh. King Ahasuerus represents us. Now, you can put your flesh any place, never in the flesh. But our flesh loves us. Okay? So sometimes, some preachers are very careful. They always in the platform, they always give you just put you in Chinese called high hat, tall mall. You know, they just put you just say a few words, make you so happy that you come again, again, again. Now, my brother, sister, remember, don't remember, our flesh always like to be in the background, in the prominent, and they want everybody, everybody respect. Today, of course, you can talk about bowing down. Respect. We will demand the respect from the world. That's our flesh. So because King Ahasuerus promoted Haman, so now you see Haman 
one respect for everybody, but unfortunately he could not get the respect from his mother. His mother passed away. So you see, brothers, that battle was still going on today between Holy Spirit and the flesh. It is a battle between Mordecai and what? And Haman. But now something very interesting. If you read the survey, the whole uh, story, the wrong man in the throne, Haman. The right man on the verge of palace, in the gate, remember? So that's what happened today. So how do you know that we are abnormal Christians? If Haman is in the middle on the throne, if the Holy Spirit also at the gate. Now we do feel the presence of the Holy Spirit, but somehow uh, uh, um, in adverse. Somehow, you know, uh, we always can follow our flesh. Uh, that's abnormal. So what the story of what the story of this uh, Esther, book of Esther? Now, God will do one thing, will turn the whole table. You know, the not abnormal condition is wrong person doing the right person help. So now the whole thing will be done. Eventually, the right person doing the right person help. So now, brothers, that's the story of what? Of the book of Esther. But think about it. If Haman really had his way, what would be outcome? Because the story of Esther was between the first six chapters and the seventh chapter of the book of Esther. You understand? The first day when he came back to Jerusalem, then after many years, then Ezra came back. And the story happened in between. So suppose Haman has his way. Think about it. And then, definitely, Ezra, Nehemiah will be killed. So now you understand very well the enemy of God not just aimed at Mordecai. He only knew the very well. He wanted to prevent the younger generation to come back to Jerusalem. If only the third generation, how long you can stay, how long you can last. See? So you need a group of young people to prepare for the coming of Messiah. But the third generation already died. Even they come back. So, brother, sister, in order for a group of people to prepare their way for the coming of Messiah, some people have to come back to Jerusalem. But remember, enemy of God knows it very well. You should not come back. If you come back, they are through. The enemy is through. So, for that reason, God used the might of Haman. Actually. In the bottom line, final analysis, what enemy want is try to kill Ezra and Nehemiah. Even you are well versed with the Bible, but because of the promotion of Haman, eventually it didn't it didn't prevail. So now we understand the enemy of allow the third generation of Christians. Let old folks come back. Tangible for your cousin, for your grandchildren. They belong to the first generation. They really come back. 
very important thing. We are getting old. If the Lord tarries, who is going to meet the Lord? To meet our Lord? Nobody. And the enemy of God knows that. Okay, we will let the old folks going back. But how long will they come back? Now, the, so that means how long will the passion of God be? So you see, brother, the story of, you know, of Esther is this. Enemy of God got everyone to present it. Let all folks present it. Let's take over the, 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 the prayer time. Let them take over the, the breaking of bread. So every breaking of bread, you see all these familiar voices. Now, where are the voices from Moses? So you see, brother, if you promote your flesh, if you love your flesh, let them do it. We sit back and relax. We have our good time. And our good time is not in the breaking of bread time. Our good time is in the with the young people or going out to something or some outing or something. Now, brother, remember, enemy of God will allow the first generation to come back, but no more. So, if you know the if you know the enemy of God, brother, sister, now you have to learn the story. How to turn your spirit. So, brother, according to the Bible, if you set your mind on the flesh, it's death. It's death. Now, if 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 uh, uh, if you set your mind on the spirit, brother. So you see, my brother, sister, it's very important. Set your mind mean in the, on the flesh means promoting Haman. Now, set your mind in the spirit. It means that somehow eventually, what? The, eventually what? Eventually uh, uh, modify this enemy. So now what was the secret? What happened? The secret is where is the flesh? So, brother, sister, our souls, just like King Ahaz, always like to promote the, always promote the flesh. But our spirit, are to cooperate with the flesh. So come. When, the, uh, when Haman tried to wipe out the, all the people of Israel, so Mordecai sent a message to, 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 uh, to, uh, to uh, Esther. You know? And now Esther, of course, was very, uh, uh, was very special. Why? The reason for 30 days, the king never invited him in. For 30 days. So if without invitation, if she all of a sudden enters into the presence of the king, she will be killed, possibly. So for that reason, now her life was at stake. But if she did not go to the king to expose the plot of the Haman, now, uh, now everything will, will, will begin. So finally, you know, uh, 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 finally, uh, you know, Mordecai sent a message to the king and said, Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. You know, he was, he, uh, uh, Esther was always worried or atmospheric. Of course, if he did not do it, but the reason why God put him as a queen, 
clearly he represents a high place of receiving children. Now we receive much children. Today the Lord really put us in a very noble place, like a select house. For the reason you are noble, the reason you are honored, the vessel honor for today's for, for this occasion. So you have to go to the king to plead with the king to expose Haman. But think about it. Even Mordecai was grieved. Holy Spirit always can grieve the Lord. But now if Esther did not cooperate, nothing would happen. My friends, you know there's this one beautiful saying about live honorably. So brothers and sisters, that's the scripture. Now we know that God not only prepared uh, uh, Ezra, also prepared uh, Mordecai, also Even Esther never come back to Jerusalem, but he was well prepared. He was able to say, "If I die, so then you know what will happen." And then uh, you find that uh, Haman tried to build a gallows, you know, for Mordecai. Tried to hang Mordecai there, but eventually it is Haman. Anyone who belongs to him ought to crucify and burn and all his children. So, brother, sister, friend, if I perish, perish. So the result is Haman is at the cross. So, brother, sister, if Haman is at the cross, Babylon also, because Babylon won't prevent people going back to Jerusalem. So, Paul was able to far as I'm concerned, the world is concerned. As far as the world is concerned, I'm concerned. In another word, as far as the world is concerned, I'm concerned. If I'm, I'm concerned, the world is concerned. So, brother, sister, to prepare us, to, to, to have a wonderful preparation, not only go to the world, not only to pray, and also, brother, sister, we have to listen Obey the very small voice. Set our mind on God. And always say to the Spirit, Holy Spirit, if I perish, then the whole thing will change. So the whole table was turned at the end of the book. And they celebrate the Feast of Purity, which is like the Passover. You know, they really send a gift to the Lord. So my brother and sister, it is really, it is a wonderful, it's a, such a wonderful place. Now, quickly speaking, Satan not only have Nehemiah, not uh, only have uh, uh, Ezra in mind, but think about it. These people, why they came back to Jerusalem? They came back to Jerusalem. Where do you build this house from? One day, Messiah when he first come or enter in the temple, now you wonder how truly we see Jesus in the temple. So if they don't come back to Jerusalem, how can we see Christ? So if Jerusalem is not rebuilt, how Jesus will die upon us on the cross? 
show resemblance. They're coming back not for themselves. They're coming back to meet, to greet, to prepare the way for the coming so, brother, sister, even today we come back to Jerusalem. We are involved with all good works. We really bring people back to uh, to the time of of, of Pentecost, pandemic. But don't forget, we are here for to prepare that when the Lord come back, we find a temple to enter into, and also He will be crucified for us outside of Jerusalem. So remember, this activity is here. If these people refuse to come back, it's still in Babylon. Now, brother, there is no salvation. But think about it. Suppose uh, Nehemiah and also Ezra were killed by Babylon. If they won't come back to Jerusalem, no more Jerusalem, no more Babylon happened. So how Jesus was able to born in Babylon and die for us on the cross with no salvation. So now you see how horrible is the problem of Babylon. What he wants, not just Mordecai, not just uh, uh, Ezra and Nehemiah. All in his mind is our salvation. So brother, he knows When our Lord Christ come, comes, that's the end of his story. So I think it's very, very clear. Everything is connected by Christ. And uh, now you will discover this book is very alive. It's not just a Sunday school disturbance. It's a life, it's a book that you are going to live. So for that reason, uh, I'd like to use this time just to give you some review or some just some digestion, some points, few points, key points of this book, and connect it with the gospel. And then later, of course, this is only good beginning, then if you know this book well, and you know that actually we live this book. So by the Lord, by the mercy of the Lord, the reason why every Sunday we will gather this way, why we travel from all different places, gather this way, so to help the people. The old folks, they know what they are doing. But unfortunately, young people probably do not know much. And sometimes they feel sad. Why are things going on? Why this and that? You know? Uh, and uh, we do not understand that. But if you really know your Bible, then gradually you will understand. Now, why we need this book? Why, uh, why the Lord keep us in, uh, in this place? But remember, the church may uh, go through a phase just like in the time of Pentecost. So, if the Lord Christ, hopefully the Lord will come back. Hopefully the Lord will come back in, in 2014, 2015. Uh, you know, before the end of the month. And this is a good reminder. Now, but, and, but brothers, if the Lord Christ for sure now, if the Lord will really come back in this generation, definitely you are the one more likely to meet him. And uh, that's what congregation is good for. So I like just to encourage you with the Lord, since I know that you already study the Bible and so on. But remember that 
this is a living book we talk about God. So I think that's all uh, that I have.